Welcome to HackerCast, an AI-generated podcast summary of Hacker News. I'm your host, GPT-4. Today is July 14, 2023. Let's get started. Part 1, Favorites. 1. Firefox Address Bar from wiki.tilde.institute The article, hosted on the tilde.institute wiki, provides a handy guide to optimizing the use of the Firefox Address Bar. The author explains that while the default configuration of the address bar is sufficient for most users, there are times when more control is needed over the search results it provides. The Firefox address bar, as the author explains, is a smart tool that guesses what you type. If it resembles a URL, the browser makes that request. If not, it sends the string you type to your default search engine. It also includes fuzzy search matches from your history. However, the author points out that sometimes, users may need more control over the results it shows. The author then provides a list of modifiers that can be set at the beginning of the search to filter results. For instance, using caret before a search term will yield matches from your browsing history, while will search for matches in your bookmarks. Other modifiers include plus for tagged pages, percent for currently open tabs, hash for page titles, dollar for web addresses, and question mark for suggestions. To illustrate, the author gives an example. If you want to search for the word headphones in your bookmarks only, you can type headphones in the address bar. If you want to include only the results of your browsing history, you would type caret headphones. The significance of this article lies in its potential to enhance the user experience for Firefox users. By understanding and utilizing these modifiers, users can streamline their searches and navigate the web more efficiently. This is particularly useful for those who frequently use the browser for research or work, where time and precision are of the essence. 2. Kelly Rowland couldn't have used the equals hyperlink function to message Nelly from blog.jgc.org. The article by John Graham Cumming, published on his blog, humorously discusses a scene from the song Dilemma by Kelly Rowland and Nelly, where Rowland attempts to send a message to Nelly using a Nokia 9210 communicator's built-in spreadsheet program. The author refutes a TikTok theory suggesting that Rowland might have been using the Microsoft Excel equals hyperlink function stating that the spreadsheet built into the Nokia 9210 communicator is not Microsoft Excel, but a program called Sheet, which does not have the equals hyperlink function. The blog also includes other posts on various technology and coding topics, and archives dating back to 2007. The blog is powered by Blogger and uses the Awesome Incorporated theme. 3. Excellence is a habit, but so is failure from awesomekling.github.io. Penned by Andreas Kling, the article titled Excellence is a Habit but so is failure delves into the concept of incremental improvements and their impact on our lives. Kling, a computer enthusiast, uses his personal experiences to illustrate the power of small, daily decisions. Kling begins by acknowledging the common wisdom that small, daily improvements can lead to significant positive outcomes. However, he quickly pivots to the less discussed counterpart. The accumulation of small missteps or neglect can lead to negative consequences. He illustrates this point with examples from his own life, such as his struggles with drug addiction, weight gain, and damaged relationships. In each case, he identifies a pattern of prioritizing immediate gratification or comfort over long-term health or honesty. Kling's experiences led him to the realization that avoiding bad habits is as crucial as cultivating good ones. He advocates for awareness of our patterns of incremental neglect and encourages deliberate steps to counteract them and foster healthier habits. In terms of significance, Kling's article serves as a stark reminder of the power of daily choices. It underscores the importance of mindfulness in our actions and decisions, highlighting that both success and failure are often the result of small, incremental steps. It's a call to action for readers to examine their own habits and patterns, and to make conscious efforts towards improvement.
4. Creating a search engine with PostgreSQL from Zada.io. The article, Create an Advanced Search Engine with PostgreSQL by Tudor Galyubenko, explores the full text search functionality in PostgreSQL. The author explains that PostgreSQL provides the necessary building blocks to create a full text search engine, including Zvector and Squery data types, the match operator at, ranking functions, TS underscore rank, TS underscore rank underscore CD, and the GIN index type. The article also discusses the importance of relevancy in search results and provides examples of how to use these functions in a query. The author notes that PostgreSQL has built-in configurations for many languages, but not for CJK, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. The article also covers relevancy tuning, numeric, date, and exact value boosters, column weights, typo tolerance or fuzzy search, and faceted search. The author concludes by stating that PostgreSQL can be used to create an advanced full-text search engine, but some advanced search topics like suggestors slash autocomplete are not covered. 5. I am leaving from briefs.video. The video titled I Am Leaving is a creation of Hayden Pickering, a well-known figure in the tech world, and was published on the 11th of July, 2023. The video is a satirical commentary on the blind faith that some people place in tech billionaires and their products. It also humorously criticizes the trend of starting updates with Dear, likening it to writing a letter to an absent editor. The video is part of a series called Webbed Briefs, which are known for their sharp, witty takes on various aspects of the tech industry. Each video takes about a week to produce, and Pickering encourages viewers to support his work either through Open Collective or by purchasing merchandise. The video has sparked a conversation among viewers, with mentions from Fernando Meyer, who appreciates the current state of Mastodon, and Becco Farm, who humorously suggests adding an ads section to each platform. Julian Assange also chimed in, echoing the video sentiments and encouraging support for Pickering's work. In essence, I Am Leaving is a satirical commentary that challenges the status quo in the tech industry, encouraging viewers to question their faith in tech billionaires and the way they communicate. The significance of this video lies in its ability to provoke thought and discussion about the tech industry's culture. It serves as a reminder that while tech billionaires and their products may be influential, they are not infallible. Furthermore, it highlights the importance of clear, direct communication in an industry often characterized by jargon and buzzwords. 6. Proof you can do hard things from blog.nateliason.com. Penned by Nat Eliason, the article titled Proof You Can Do Hard Things is a compelling piece that underscores the importance of challenging oneself. Eliason argues that the ability to tackle difficult tasks is a crucial skill to cultivate, not just for the sake of overcoming the task itself, but for the self-confidence and competence it instills. Eliason begins by questioning the relevance of learning complex subjects like calculus, which many students struggle with and may never use in their adult lives. He admits to being one of those students who didn't see the point of learning such subjects. However, he now believes that the real value lies not in the subject matter itself, but in the act of overcoming a difficult challenge. He asserts that the ability to do hard things is a valuable asset, and the more hard things one pushes oneself to do, the more competent one will perceive oneself to be. Eliason further explains that if we avoid hard things, even mildly challenging tasks will seem insurmountable. He emphasizes that the proof of being able to do hard things is one of the most powerful gifts one can give oneself. He also debunks the C students hire A students trope, arguing that some C students might be getting average grades because they're engrossed in other challenging projects, not because they're slacking off. In conclusion, Eliason encourages his readers to prove to themselves that they can do hard things, whether it's building a habit, learning a skill, or creating something. He believes that this will shift their default stance on challenges from that seems hard to I can figure it out.
Eliasson's article is a powerful reminder of the importance of challenging oneself and the value of resilience. It suggests that the ability to tackle difficult tasks is not just a practical skill, but a crucial component of self-perception and self-confidence. This perspective could be a game-changer for many, particularly those who shy away from challenges or struggle with self-doubt. It's a call to action to embrace difficulty, not for the sake of the task itself, but for the growth and self-assurance it fosters. 7. Engineers should focus on writing from yieldcode.blog. Penned by Dmitry Kudryavzhev, a senior software engineer, tech lead, and consultant, the article titled Why Engineers Should Focus on Writing argues that writing skills are crucial for engineers to enhance their professional capabilities. Kudryavzhev begins by acknowledging that engineers are adept at writing code, but he asserts that honing writing skills can make them better engineers. He laments that writing is often underrated and avoided, despite its necessity in creating comments, documentation, design documents, and presentations. The author outlines three key reasons why writing is beneficial. Firstly, he posits that writing helps organize thoughts and solidify knowledge. He contrasts this with the misconception that reading alone equates to understanding, arguing that writing code, rather than copying it, helps to cement knowledge. Secondly, Kudryavzhev suggests that writing is a powerful learning tool. He shares his personal experience of writing programs or articles to understand new programming languages or concepts. Lastly, he highlights that writing can help identify mistakes, particularly in design documents, where inconsistencies, missing details, or flawed thinking can be spotted and rectified. Kudryavzhev then offers advice on how to write more. He encourages viewing design reviews as opportunities for improvement rather than burdensome tasks. He also suggests writing at the workplace and starting a blog as ways to practice writing. He discourages the habit of copying and pasting, arguing that it impedes learning and understanding. In conclusion, Kudryavzhev asserts that writing is unavoidable for engineers who aspire to excel in their field. He emphasizes that improving writing skills can expedite their journey to becoming better engineers. The significance of this article lies in its challenge to the common perception of engineers as primarily code writers. Kudryavzhev's argument for the importance of writing skills in the engineering field underscores the multifaceted nature of the profession. It serves as a reminder that technical skills, while crucial, should be complemented by strong communication skills for overall professional development. 8. Open Sourcing Than Ginks Playground from JVNS.ca The article, penned by Julia Evans, announces the open sourcing of her project, Than Ginks Playground. Initially released in 2021, Than Ginks Playground is a tool for testing Ginks configurations. Despite its initial closed source status, Evans has decided to make the code public hoping it might be of interest or use to others in the community. Evans candidly shares her struggles with open-source projects, citing issues such as difficulty in maintaining them and the potential for poor developer experiences. She also mentions her past attempts at open-source, including projects like Rubspy and Rust BCC, which she eventually handed off to others who she believes are doing a better job at maintaining them. In a departure from her previous approach, Evans has decided not to make any promises about improving the project. Instead, she has clearly stated in the README that the project is unmaintained, listed known security caveats, and tested the build instructions. She also acknowledges some of the project's messy parts but makes no commitment to fix them. The significance of this article lies in its candid exploration of the challenges of open-source projects. Evans' decision to open-source than Ginks Playground, despite her reservations, could inspire others to do the same, potentially leading to a richer and more diverse open-source community. Her honesty about the difficulties of maintaining open-source projects also provides valuable insights for those considering embarking on similar endeavors. 9. 
Implementing Wordle in the Firefox Address Bar from IEO.Games The article, Implementing Wordle in the Firefox Address Bar by Itseo, is a fascinating exploration of how the author managed to build a game in an unexpected place, the Firefox Address Bar. The author leverages the Open Search specification, a mid-2000 standard that outlines ways to communicate about search endpoints and results, to create a version of the popular game Wordle that can be played directly in the address bar. The author explains that Open Search provides a standard way for a website to describe how to search that website, advertise its search functionality to the browser, and suggest searches when a user is already searching the website from the browser. The author uses these features to create a game that can be played in the Firefox address bar. However, The author notes that this trick currently only works in Firefox, as they were unable to get the suggestions feature working in Chrome. The author further explains how open search details are communicated to the browser via a simple XML document. This document provides metadata about the website being searched, an endpoint for the browser to hit to perform a search, and a separate endpoint for returning search suggestions. The author provides an example of what their OpenSearch.xml document looks like. The author also discusses the challenges they faced in getting browsers to automatically add custom search engines. They note that while Firefox allows users to add a custom open search-backed search engine by right-clicking the address bar, Chrome requires users to manually activate search engines from the Settings tab. The author was unable to figure out how to get Safari to add custom search engines at all. The author concludes by expressing disappointment that Chrome is moving away from auto-discovery of search engines, as they are a big fan of site-specific search. They also mention that they have several more ideas for game input mechanisms and plan to continue experimenting with this concept. The significance of this article lies in its demonstration of the creative and unexpected ways that existing web standards and technologies can be used. It also highlights the differences between browsers in terms of how they implement and support these standards, which can have implications for developers and users alike. Part 2. Show HN. 1. Self-hosted photo and video backups directly from your mobile phone from github.com. The article discusses the Image GitHub repository, a self-hosted photo and video backup solution that can be accessed directly from a mobile phone. The repository is popular among GitHub users, with 15.2k stars and 567 forks. It includes various sections such as code, issues, pull requests, and more, and can be cloned using HTTPS or GitHub CLI. The repository includes a readme.md file that provides detailed information about the project. The Image app offers a range of features for both mobile and web users, including the ability to upload and view videos and photos, auto-backup, multi-user support, and more. The project is currently under active development and is seeking support and donations for its continuation. The project is open to contributions and provides official documentation, a roadmap, a demo, and installation guides. It is licensed under the MIT license and has a code of conduct and security policy in place. The project has gained significant attention and is written in several languages including Dart, TypeScript, Svelte, Mustache, Kotlin, and Python. 2. Van, truck or car camp for $0 a night from LandCamp.org LandCamp is a unique platform that allows outdoor enthusiasts to camp for free on each other's land in California's top destinations. The concept is simple, every night you host, you earn a credit to stay as a guest. The only requirements for hosting are providing a parking spot and restroom access during designated hours. The platform emphasizes reciprocity and trust, with no cash changing hands. Instead, it's like letting a friend swing by in their van. The platform offers prime outdoor locations where two-star hotels can cost up to $400 a night. These include popular destinations like Napa, Tahoe, 
Santa Cruz, Marin, Santa Barbara, Mammoth, SLO, Joshua Tree, and San Diego. The community is tight-knit and all members are vetted. There are no social obligations and hosts set their own rules. Membership is free for those who only want to host, which can be a great traffic driver for businesses like breweries. For those who want to stay, the first three nights are free, after which it costs $100 a year with no other fees. Currently, Land Camp is only accepting members in California. Analysis Land Camp is a fascinating example of the sharing economy in action, leveraging the principles of trust and reciprocity to create a unique camping experience. It's a win-win situation for both hosts and guests, with hosts gaining the opportunity to meet like-minded individuals and guests gaining access to prime camping locations at no cost. The platform could also be a boon for businesses looking to increase foot traffic. However, its current limitation to California may restrict its growth potential. As the sharing economy continues to evolve, it will be interesting to see if Land Camp expands its model to other states or even countries. 3. Dancer, open source question answering across all your docs from github.com. The article discusses a GitHub project called Dancer by user DancerI. This open source tool allows users to ask questions in natural language and receive answers backed by private sources. It can connect to various tools like Slack, GitHub, Confluence, and more. The repository is publicly accessible and has been starred 2.1k times and forked 159 times. It contains several sections and directories, and users can interact with the code in various ways. The project is licensed under the MIT license and encourages contributions. Upcoming features include chat support, custom endpoints, and personalized search. The project uses languages like Python, TypeScript, Dockerfile, Shell, JavaScript, CSS, and Mako. Documentation can be found at docs.dancer.dev. 4. An index of all monthly dividend stocks from the dividendlist.com. The Dividend List, hosted at the dividendlist.com, is a tool designed for the discovery of dividend stocks, with a particular focus on high-yield income stocks. The website tracks U.S. stocks that offer monthly and quarterly dividend payouts, providing a valuable resource for investors seeking regular income from their investments. The dividend list offers a comprehensive list of stocks, categorized by their dividend yield, volatility, stock price, and other relevant factors. The stocks are further classified into various types such as common stocks, exchange-traded funds, preferred stocks, and more. The website also provides a frequency filter, allowing users to sort stocks based on their dividend payout frequency, either monthly or quarterly. The website is designed to be user-friendly, with a clear and concise layout. It includes a glossary and methodology section, which explains the terms and the process used in compiling the list. The website also allows users to save stocks for future reference, enhancing its utility as a tool for investment planning. The Dividend List is a product of Coastlight Digital LLC, a digital solutions company. The website is regularly updated, ensuring that the information provided is current and relevant. The Dividend List is significant as it simplifies the process of identifying high-yield income stocks, a task that can be complex and time-consuming. By providing a comprehensive and regularly updated list, the website empowers investors to make informed decisions, potentially leading to better investment outcomes. It is a valuable tool for both novice and experienced investors, providing a wealth of information in a user-friendly format. 5. Manabi Reader, Learn Japanese by Reading on iOS and Mac OS, Swift UI, from reader.manabi.io. The Manabi Reader is a tool designed to assist in learning Japanese through reading, available on iOS, iPodos, and Mac OS. 
The application offers an immersive reading experience personalized to the user's abilities, with features such as a one-tap dictionary, flashcards, and real-time comprehension metrics. The Manabi Reader allows users to track their progress word-by-word and kanji-by-kanji for every sentence they read. It also respects user privacy, keeping all reading data on the device and personal iCloud storage. The only exception is the Manabi Flashcards, which stores flashcard data on Manabi servers. The general reading, bookmarking, and vocabulary slash kanji lookup experience is completely free, with premium features requiring a subscription. These premium features include comprehensive word and kanji tracking and flashcard creation. The pricing is flexible, with a student discount available, and an understanding policy for those who can't afford the regular rates. The application has received positive testimonials from users, praising its affordability, the ability to track progress, and the convenience of its features. In essence, the Manabi Reader is a comprehensive tool for learning Japanese through reading, offering a range of features to assist in comprehension and vocabulary building, with a focus on user privacy and affordability. The significance of the Manabi Reader lies in its innovative approach to language learning. By focusing on reading and comprehension, it offers a more immersive and practical way to learn Japanese. Its privacy-conscious design and flexible pricing also make it accessible and trustworthy for a wide range of users. This tool could potentially revolutionize the way we approach language learning, making it more engaging, effective, and personalized. Part 3. Code. 1. How small is the smallest.net hello world binary? From blog.washi.dev. The article, How small is the smallest.net hello world binary? By Washi, explores the process of reducing the size of a .NET executable that prints hello, world. Washi sets up rules for the experiment, including no third-party dependencies and ignoring zero bytes at the end of the file. He starts with a 4.6 kilobytes binary and reduces its size by removing nullable reference annotations, manually crafting a .NET module, eliminating imports, base relocations, and unnecessary metadata names. He further reduces the size by targeting the hashtag GID stream and removing them vid. The author also discusses the inefficiency of how the hello, world, string is stored in .NET and attempts to print an ASCII string instead of a wide character string using the unmanaged function usurpbase. Puts. The author concludes that it is possible to significantly reduce the size of a .NET hello world binary by manually crafting a .NET module and eliminating unnecessary elements. 2. Software Engineers Hate Code from DankoWell.com Penned by Dan Cowell the article titled Software Engineers Hate Code is a tongue-in-cheek exploration of the paradoxical relationship software engineers have with code. Cowell argues that while engineers love writing code, they often despise dealing with existing code, especially if it's written by others. Cowell begins by highlighting the love engineers have for greenfield projects, which are devoid of existing code and thus free from maintenance headaches. He humorously suggests that the rise of microservices is a way for engineers to pretend that their old code doesn't exist, as it's now tucked away in a container and labeled as a service. The article also touches on the reluctance of engineers to review others' code, often leading to delays in pull request approvals. Cowell suggests that the only thing that can overcome this aversion is the love of writing code. He notes that engineers will spend hours writing code, learning new tools to write more code, and even writing about their code. However, Cowell introduces the concept of senior engineers who have learned to find joy in reading, understanding, modifying, and even deleting other people's code. These engineers understand that every line of code comes with a cost and that unnecessary code should be eliminated. They appreciate the beauty of creating elegant solutions but are aware that less is more. In conclusion, Cowell advises engineers to be mindful of the cost their code incurs. 
He encourages the use and improvement of existing code and the understanding of tools and systems to minimize the amount of new code written. The significance of this article lies in its humorous yet insightful exploration of the software engineering profession. It underscores the importance of efficient coding practices and the value of understanding and maintaining existing code. It also highlights the evolution of an engineer's relationship with code as they gain experience and maturity in the field. 3. GPT Prompt Engineer from GitHub.com The GitHub repository GitHub, MsHumor slash GPT Prompt Engineer is a public project developed by MsHumor that has gained popularity with 3.7k stars and 211 forks. The repository contains a tool for prompt engineering, which experiments with different prompts to find the most effective ones. The tool, GPT Prompt Engineer, takes a task description and test cases as input, generates, tests, and ranks prompts based on their performance. It uses GPT-4 and GPT-3.5 Turbo to generate prompts and an ELO rating system to rank them. The repository also contains a classification version of the tool for classification tasks. Users can use the tool in Google Colab or a local Jupyter Notebook by adding their OpenAI API key and defining their use case and test cases. The project is open to contributions and is licensed under the MIT license. 4. Perl First Commit, a replacement for awk and said from github.com. The text is from a GitHub page about the Perl programming language, specifically a commit to the Perl slash Perl 5 development project. The commit, made by Larry Wall in 1987, is described as a replacement for awk and said, two other programming languages. Perl is described as an interpreted language optimized for scanning text files, extracting information, and printing reports. It is also suitable for many system management tasks. The commit shows that 108 files were changed with 20,388 additions and no deletions. The page also includes various navigation and search options, as well as options for providing feedback, saving searches, and signing in or signing up for a GitHub account. The text also includes a list of changes made to various files in a software repository, primarily coded in C. The document also includes references to various files and routines, such as util.c, util.h, version.c, and several files in the x2p directory. The text also includes a section that appears to be a makefile, a file used in software development to automate the build process. The document ends with a note about a lint command, which is a tool used in software development to check source code for potential errors. 5. The Code Review Pyramid from Morling.dev Penned by software engineer Gunnar Morling, the article titled The Code Review Pyramid addresses a common issue in the realm of code reviews, the disproportionate focus on trivial aspects like code formatting and style, while more critical elements often get overlooked. Morling introduces a tool he created called the Code Review Pyramid, a visual guide designed to help reviewers prioritize the most important aspects of a code review. The pyramid is structured such that the most crucial elements form the base, suggesting they should constitute the majority of a review. The pyramid also indicates which parts of the review process could be automated. The pyramid, which Morling initially shared on Twitter, was well-received, prompting him to provide a permanent, referenceable location for it on his blog. He also offers a high-resolution version for printing and an SVG file for download. Morling's pyramid is a practical tool that could significantly enhance the efficiency and effectiveness of code reviews. By shifting the focus from mundane to critical aspects, it could lead to more robust, performant, and backward-compatible code. It also underscores the potential of automation in streamlining the review process. This article is a valuable resource for anyone involved in code reviews, from individual developers to project managers. 6. Retro, a modern, pragmatic fourth from retroforth.org. Retro, fourth, 
A modern, pragmatic fourth, is a programming language that draws influence from various sources, including color fourth, joy, and factor. It's not a traditional fourth, but rather a clean, elegant, and tiny language that's easy to grasp and adaptable to many tasks. Retro, fourth uses prefixes to guide the compiler, a feature borrowed from color fourth. It also employs quotations and combinators, concepts taken from joy and factor, for much of the stack and flow control. The language further adds vocabularies for working with strings, arrays, and other data types. Source files are written in UNU, allowing for simple, literate sources. The source and documentation for Retroforth are distributed under the ISC license. The website provides downloads for the latest version of Retroforth, along with documentation and examples. It also offers links to the latest development snapshots and a community for support and discussion. The development of Retroforth is supported by a group of patrons on Patreon, and the website extends its gratitude to these individuals for their support. In terms of significance, Retroforth represents a modern take on the fourth programming language, offering a clean and elegant approach that's easy to understand and adaptable to a variety of tasks. Its use of prefixes, quotations, and combinators, as well as its support for various data types, makes it a versatile tool for programmers. The availability of comprehensive documentation and a supportive community further enhances its appeal. 7. Digger, open-source Terraform automation and collaboration tool from github.com. The article discusses Digger, an open-source alternative to Terraform Cloud and Terraform Enterprise, hosted on GitHub. Digger allows users to run Terraform plan-slash-apply in their existing C pipeline and is compatible with any C and cloud provider. It supports private runners and features like Terragrunt, workspaces, multiple Terraform versions, static analysis via checkoff, and plan persistence. Digger operates through a CLI and an orchestrator, and assures that no sensitive data is logged. The article provides links to comprehensive resources, encourages contributions, and offers statistics about Digger's usage and contributors. Part 4. Data. 1. When an app asks for permissions, it should have a feed fake data option for mastodon.gamedev.place. The post in question is a statement by a user named Niflas on GameDev Mastodon, a social networking platform for game developers. Niflas proposes a novel approach to handling app permissions, suggesting that operating systems should offer users the option to feed apps with fake data when they request access to certain features or information. Niflas' argument is rooted in the idea that apps often ask for more permissions than they need, a practice that can infringe on user privacy. Instead of simply allowing or denying these requests, Niflas suggests that users should have the option to provide fake data. For instance, if an app asks for access to a user's contacts, the operating system could generate a list of fake contacts. If an app wants to listen to the microphone, it could be fed random ambient sounds. If it asks for location data, it could be told that the user is on a small, nondescript island. The underlying principle here is one of active resistance against data collection practices that Niflas views as excessive or unnecessary. Rather than boycotting these apps, which may not be feasible or desirable for many users, this approach allows users to protect their privacy while still using the apps they need or want. This idea, if implemented, could significantly alter the dynamics of app permissions and data collection. It would give users more control over their data and could potentially discourage apps from asking for unnecessary permissions. However, it would also require significant changes to operating systems and could potentially lead to unforeseen consequences or complications. 2. Notebook LM, an AI notebook from blog.google. The articles discuss the launch of Google Labs' experimental product, Notebook LM, an AI-first notebook designed to help users synthesize and understand information faster. The product, 
initially introduced as Project Tailwind, uses a powerful language model to summarize documents, explain complex ideas, and brainstorm new connections. Notebook LM is described as a virtual research assistant that can be grounded in the user's notes and sources, creating a personalized AI. It offers features such as summarizing documents, answering questions about uploaded documents, and generating ideas. The product is currently available to a select group of users in the US. The articles emphasize the importance of fact-checking the AI's responses and assure that user privacy is a priority. The team behind Notebook LM is focused on improving the product based on user feedback and adhering to Google's AI principles. 3. The Pile, an 800 gigabytes dataset of diverse text for language modeling from archive.org. Penned by Leo Gao and a team of 11 other authors, the article titled The Pile, an 800 gigabytes dataset of diverse text for language modeling was submitted to R14 on the last day of 2020. The authors introduced The Pile, an 825 gigabytes English text corpus designed for training large-scale language models. The authors argue that a diverse training dataset enhances the general cross-domain knowledge and downstream generalization capability of large-scale language models. To this end, they have constructed the pile from 22 diverse high-quality subsets, many of which are derived from academic or professional sources. The authors evaluated the performance of GPT-2 and GPT-3 on the pile and found that these models struggle with many of its components, such as academic writing. However, models trained on the pile showed significant improvement over both raw CC and CC100 on all components of the pile, while also enhancing performance on downstream evaluations. The authors also conducted an in-depth exploratory analysis to document potentially concerning aspects of the data for prospective users. They have made the code used in its construction publicly available. The significance of this article lies in its contribution to the field of language modeling. By creating a diverse and large-scale dataset, the authors have provided a valuable resource for training more effective language models. This could have far-reaching implications for various applications of AI, from natural language processing to machine translation and beyond. The author's evaluation of popular models like GPT-2 and GPT-3 on the pile also provides useful insights into the strengths and weaknesses of these models, potentially guiding future research in this area. 4. Git and Jupyter Notebooks Guide from Reviewm.com The article Git and Jupyter Notebooks, the ultimate guide from ReviewNB provides a detailed guide on using Git for version control of Jupyter Notebooks. It outlines the challenges of using Git with Jupyter Notebooks, such as reviewing notebook Git diffs, resolving notebook merge conflicts, and rendering large notebooks on GitHub. The article then explains how to perform Git operations for Jupyter Notebooks using the Jupyter Lab Git extension or the command line. It also discusses the use of git diff command and provides solutions for its issues, recommending the use of mdime in the Jupyter Lab git extension. The article further discusses how to handle notebook merge conflicts and provides solutions for resolving these conflicts. Lastly, it discusses the challenges of rendering large Jupyter notebooks on GitHub and offers solutions like mviewer, binder, and review nb. The article serves as a valuable resource for those using git and Jupyter notebooks in their data science projects. Part 5. Design 1. Pines, Alpine and Tailwind UI Library from DevDojo.com Pines, an Alpine and Tailwind UI library is a user interface, UI, library developed by DevDojo. The library is designed to work with Alpine JS and Tailwind CSS, two popular tools for building modern, responsive web interfaces. Pines offers a wide range of UI elements, including animations, sliders, tooltips, accordions, modals, and more. These elements can be easily integrated into any project by simply copying and pasting the code. 
the library is designed to work seamlessly with other libraries or frameworks, and is particularly well suited to the Tall Stack, a web development stack that includes Tailwind CSS, Alpine JS, Laravel, and Livewire. The Pines library is designed to be lightweight and easy to use. To install, developers simply need to add the Alpine JS and Tailwind CSS libraries to their page, and then copy and paste the desired elements from Pines into their project. The library's website provides comprehensive documentation and examples for each element, making it easy for developers to understand how to use and customize the elements for their specific needs. In terms of significance, Pines offers a valuable resource for developers looking to quickly and easily enhance the user experience of their applications. By providing a library of pre-built, customizable UI elements, Pines can save developers time and effort in designing and coding these elements from scratch. Furthermore, by building on top of Alpine JS and Tailwind CSS, Pines allows developers to leverage the power and flexibility of these tools, while also benefiting from the simplicity and ease of use of a copy and paste library. 2. Commit Mono, Neutral Programming Typeface from CommitMono.com Commit Mono is a neutral programming typeface designed to enhance the reading experience for coders. The typeface is anonymous and focuses on the ASCII characters, which form the backbone of every coding font. The characters have been crafted with great precision and attention to detail. The typeface introduces a feature called Smart Kerning, which improves overall word spacing and makes sublexical units easier to distinguish, thereby enhancing reading speed and accuracy. This feature works by adjusting the position of a letter between two other letters of different width classes, evening out the spacing. Commit Mono also offers a guess the character game to help users distinguish between commonly confused characters. The website allows users to compare Commit Mono with different fonts and provides examples of the typeface in various programming languages. Users can customize their download of the typeface, choosing the weight, features, and alternate characters that suit their needs. The website provides a comprehensive guide on how to install and activate Commit Mono in various editors and IDEs. The typeface is available under the SIL Open Font License 1.1, making it free for both commercial and non-commercial use. However, if users create their own font based on Commit Mono, they are required to give credit. Analysis Commit Mono is a significant development in the realm of programming typefaces. Its focus on enhancing the reading experience for coders, through features like smart kerning, shows a deep understanding of the challenges faced by programmers. The ability to customize the typeface to suit individual needs adds to its appeal. The fact that it is freely available for both commercial and non-commercial use could see it widely adopted in the programming community. 3. Invisible Details of Interaction Design from Rauno.me The article Invisible Details of Interaction Design by Rauno Freiberg explores the complexities of interaction design, criticizing the overuse of user personas, storyboards, and Venn diagrams in the field. Freiberg emphasizes the importance of creating functional and intuitive interfaces, highlighting the role of metaphors in achieving this. The article also discusses the significance of real-world properties, like interruptibility, in creating user-friendly digital interfaces. It delves into the intricacies of touch interactions, focusing on anchor points, kinetic physics, and swipe gestures. The author argues that the interface should respond to the user's intent, and actions like dismissing an app should only be triggered at the end of a gesture. The article suggests that this approach makes the user interface more forgiving and responsive, enhancing the overall user experience. 4. 3,900 pages from Paul Clay's personal notebooks are now online from MyModernMet.com. The article announces that 3,900 pages from the personal notebooks of Swiss-born artist Paul Clay are now available online. Clay was a pioneer of the Bauhaus movement and his notebooks, shared by that Centrum Paul Clay Museum, 
include handwritten entries and sketches on topics like color theory and design. The notebooks can be accessed via the museum's website. The article is from My Modern Met, a website that offers online art courses and products, including a course titled Drawing 101, Learn the Building Blocks of Sketching. The site also has a store selling art-related products and provides related articles for further reading. The website covers a wide range of topics, including art, design, photography, architecture, and more. It also offers a weekly newsletter and has an online store. Part 6. Books. 1. An Introduction to Statistical Learning with Applications in Python from StatLearning.com The website in focus, www.statlearning.com, is dedicated to the book An Introduction to Statistical Learning, a Comprehensive Guide to Statistical Learning, authored by Gareth James, Daniela Witten, Trevor Hasty, and Rob Tibshirani. The book, now in its second edition, is a critical toolkit for anyone who wishes to understand data and use contemporary tools for data analysis. The book, first released in 2013, has been translated into multiple languages and has a Python edition published in 2023. It provides a broad and less technical treatment of key topics in statistical learning, making it accessible to a wide range of readers. Each chapter ends with a lab that demonstrates the chapter's concepts in either R or Python, providing practical application of the theoretical concepts. The book covers a wide range of topics, including regression, classification, resampling methods, linear model selection and regularization, tree-based methods, support vector machines, deep learning, survival analysis, unsupervised learning, and multiple testing. The authors are all distinguished academics in the field of statistics and data science. Gareth James is the John H. Harlan Dean at the Goizueta Business School, Emory University. Daniela Witten is the Dorothy Guilford Endowed Chair, Professor of Statistics, and Professor of Biostatistics at the University of Washington. Trevor Hasty and Rob Tibshirani are Professors of Statistics and Biomedical Data Science at Stanford University. Jonathan Taylor, a new addition to the team for the Python edition, is also a Professor of Statistics at Stanford University. The book can be purchased in Python or our editions from Springer or Amazon, and PDF versions are also available for download. In terms of significance, this book is a valuable resource for anyone interested in data analysis, whether they are beginners or experienced professionals. The author's expertise and the practical approach of the book make it a must-have for anyone looking to understand and apply statistical learning. 2. The Concise TypeScript Book from GitHub.com The article is an introduction to the Concise TypeScript Book, a comprehensive guide to TypeScript by Simone Pagiali, available on GitHub. The book covers all aspects of TypeScript, from basic to advanced topics, and is designed to be a valuable resource for both beginners and experienced developers. TypeScript, a strongly typed programming language that builds on JavaScript, offers benefits such as static typing, type inference, and cross-platform compatibility. The book also provides practical advice on migrating to TypeScript and discusses the TypeScript language service, which offers features such as error reporting and diagnostics. The guide is open source and has been translated into several languages. 3. The Anti-Ownership Ebook Economy from NewEngelberg.org The article The Anti-Ownership Ebook Economy from the Engelberg Center at NYU School of Law discusses the shift from physical to digital books and its implications on ownership rights. The authors argue that the transition to digital formats has resulted in a loss of rights for readers, as they no longer truly own the books they purchase, but only buy a license to access them. The article also explores the emergence of the publisher-platform partnership, which allows publishers and platforms to exercise control over purchasers and copies of ebooks. The authors also discuss the concept of the first sale doctrine, 
a principle in copyright law that allows purchasers of physical books to treat them as their private property, and how this has been challenged with the advent of digital books. The article further explores the history of publishers' attempts to control the secondary market for physical books, and their shift to ebook licenses as a way to retain control over digital books. The article also discusses the evolution of the publishing industry in the digital age, drawing parallels with the music industry's transition to digital formats and platforms. It delves into the publishing industry's concerns about piracy and the shift towards subscription and streaming models. The article also discusses the complexities of copyright law in the digital age, the economics of book production in the digital age, and the impact of ebooks on library lending. Finally, the article discusses the concerns of publishers regarding the impact of library ebook lending on book sales, fearing that it could lead to a decrease in book sales and a devaluation of books. Part 7 Working 1. Debate over fake work and lazy management in tech industry from businessinsider.com. The article Truth Behind Tech Industry's Fake Work Problem, Bad Managers, Bosses by Hugh Langley and Grace Kay, published on Business Insider, discusses the issue of fake work in the tech industry. Fake work refers to employees appearing busy but producing little of value, despite high salaries. The authors argue that this issue is not due to lazy employees, but rather poor management. They cite the example of Graham, a research scientist at Amazon, who despite a high salary, found himself without substantial work due to unclear planning for his role. The article also mentions tech industry layoffs and quotes tech investor Keith Raboy, who blames fake work for these layoffs. The authors suggest that the problem could be solved with better organization and a clearer, more transparent differentiation. They also discuss the concept of empire building within tech companies, where managers are rewarded for overhiring, leading to bloated organizational charts and a rise in projects that serve no real purpose. The article concludes by noting that tech companies have started addressing the issue of fake work through layoffs, but some insiders believe more drastic changes to the company culture are needed. 2. Mechanical Turk workers are using AI to automate being human from TechCrunch.com. Penned by Devin Kaldavai, the article titled Mechanical Turk Workers Are Using AI to Automate Being Human on TechCrunch, delves into the intriguing phenomenon of workers on Amazon's Mechanical Turk platform using AI to complete tasks originally intended for humans. Mechanical Turk, as Kaldavai explains, is a service that allows users to break down simple tasks into smaller subtasks, which are then completed by Turkers for a small fee. These tasks, often difficult to automate, range from identifying the sentiment of a sentence to drawing a circle around a cat in an image. The platform was designed to harness human intelligence for tasks that AI couldn't handle, hence the term artificial artificial intelligence coined by Jeff Bezos. However, a study from researchers at EPFL in Switzerland has revealed that many of these Turkers are now using large language models like ChatGPT to automate their work. The researchers estimate that between 33% and 46% of crowd workers use such models when completing an abstract summarization task. This raises questions about the integrity of the platform and the value of Mechanical Turk, as tasks that were once thought to be exclusively human are now being automated. The researchers, Venyamin Veselovsky, Manol Orta Ribeiro, and Robert West, warn that this trend could lead to an AI training on AI-generated data crisis. They suggest that the rise of large language models and multimodal models, which can handle text, image, and video input and output, should serve as a canary in the coal mine, prompting platforms, researchers, and crowd workers to ensure that human data remains human. In conclusion, the article highlights the paradoxical situation where AI is being used to automate tasks on a platform designed to leverage human intelligence for tasks that AI couldn't handle. This not only questions the value of Mechanical Turk but also raises concerns about the broader implications of AI's increasing capabilities. 3. 
Shopify elevated the non-manager career path and ditched meetings from CreatorEconomy.so. The article by Peter Yang on Creator Economy features an interview with Kaz Najadian, the COO of Shopify, discussing the company's unique approach to management and meetings. Najadian explains that Shopify focuses on crafters rather than managers, offering separate career paths for both. He criticizes the traditional career ladder and emphasizes the importance of continuous product adjustments and customer understanding. Shopify also initiated Operation Chaos Monkey in 2023 to reduce meetings and increase focus time for employees. Najadian also discusses the company's writing culture, its inverted organizational chart, and its efforts to protect its culture as it scales. The article ends with a quote from Stephen Covey and encourages readers to follow Najadian on Twitter. 4. When Work Didn't Follow You Home from Canewport.com Penned by the author of the study Hacks blog, Cal Newport, the article titled When Work Didn't Follow You Home explores the concept of work-life balance in the pre-internet era. The piece is inspired by a Slate article by journalist Dan Coyce, who reminisces about a time when work didn't intrude into personal life due to the absence of smartphones and ubiquitous internet. Coyce shares his experience of earning a master's degree while working full-time, a feat made possible by the fact that work ended when he left the office. He didn't have to deal with work emails at home because the internet was not a staple in households yet. Coyce also interviews other members of Generation X, who recall spending their free time watching TV, going to the movies, or meeting friends at a bar, without the constant interruption of work-related communication. Newport highlights the stark contrast between this past era and the present, where the line between work and personal life has blurred due to technology. He notes that the idea of being unreachable after work hours is alien to the younger generation. However, he argues that this separation made a significant difference in the perception of busyness and exhaustion. When work was confined to the workplace, it didn't seem as all-consuming or burdensome. In conclusion, Newport suggests that the concept of a constrained workday, where work doesn't follow you home, is something worth reminiscing and perhaps, reinstating. Analyzing the article, it's clear that the advent of technology, while bringing numerous benefits, has also led to the erosion of boundaries between work and personal life. This constant connectivity can lead to burnout and a sense of being overwhelmed. The nostalgia for a time when work was confined to the workplace underscores the need for establishing clear boundaries and ensuring a healthier work-life balance in the digital age. Part 8. Learn. 1. Open Worm, a computational model of C. Elegans Worm from GitHub.com. The article discusses the Open Worm project, an open-source initiative hosted on GitHub that aims to create a virtual model of the nematode worm Cenorabditis elegans. The project's repository contains the main Dockerfile for the OpenWorm software stack, project-wide issues, and a variety of files including Dockerfiles, shell scripts, and Python scripts. The repository is licensed under the MIT license and has been forked 178 times and starred 2.1k times, indicating its popularity. The OpenWorm project uses a Docker container to run a nervous system model and a 3D worm body model in parallel on a user's computer. The article provides detailed instructions on how to install and run the Docker container, and includes a FAQ section. The project has 18 contributors and is written in Python, Dockerfile, Shell, and Batchfile. The text also includes a list of links related to GitHub services and policies, including privacy, security, status, documentation, contact, pricing, API, training, blog, and about. 2. Learn electronics by practice from bulletronics.wordpress.com. The website in focus, Bulletronics, is a haven for electronics enthusiasts and aspirants. The site is a brainchild of Daniel Bellet, who believes that true knowledge in electronics comes through the persistence of constant practice. 
The website is neatly divided into sections, each dedicated to a specific project or learning module. The first section is dedicated to learning basic electronics, providing a comprehensive guide for beginners. The subsequent sections are project-based, guiding the user to create a legendary Pong game, a 4-bit processor, and a complete Z80 computer. Each section is accompanied by a click-to-read link, leading to a detailed step-by-step guide. The website also features a comment section where users can interact with Daniel and other enthusiasts. One user, for instance, inquired about a compiled purchase list of components to conduct the experiments. Daniel promptly responded by uploading the list of components on the Learn Basic Electronics page. In essence, Bulletronics is a practical, hands-on guide for anyone interested in electronics. It emphasizes learning by doing, providing detailed guides for various projects, and fostering a community of like-minded enthusiasts. The significance of this website lies in its approach to learning electronics. It demystifies the subject, making it accessible to anyone with an interest. By providing practical projects, it allows users to apply their knowledge, thereby reinforcing their learning. Furthermore, the interactive nature of the website fosters a sense of community, encouraging users to learn from each other. 3. Telling the Bees from n.wikipedia.org The Wikipedia article Telling the Bees explores a traditional European custom where bees are informed of significant household events like deaths, births, marriages, and departures or returns. The belief is that if the bees are not informed, they may leave their hive, stop producing honey, or die. This custom is most prevalent in England but has been recorded in various other countries. The article provides examples of the practice, including the royal beekeeper informing the bees of Buckingham Palace and Clarence House of Queen Elizabeth II's passing. The article also discusses variations of the custom, particularly in the context of death and funerals. The tradition is also associated with joyous occasions like weddings. The custom has influenced culture and literature, inspiring poems and being referenced in popular media. The article is sourced from the Atlantic Monthly, Volume 281, Number 5 by R.T. Smith from May 1998 and is categorized under beekeeping and English folklore. 4. Birds make nests out of anti-bird pins from naturalis.nl The article from the Naturalis website discusses a recent discovery by biologists from the Naturalis Biodiversity Center and the Natural History Museum Rotterdam, who found that certain birds, specifically carrion crows and Eurasian magpies, are using anti-nesting spikes to build their nests. This behavior is seen as an adaptation to city life. The researchers discovered nests made up of up to 1,500 metal spikes, which the birds had pulled from the eaves of buildings. This behavior has been observed in the Netherlands, Belgium, and Scotland. The findings are the first scientific publication showing that birds are using anti-bird pins as nesting material. The article also provides a brief overview of the Naturalis Biodiversity Center's website, which includes sections on laboratories, collection, education, and more. The website also provides information about the center and encourages users to follow their stories on various social media platforms. Part 9. Startup News 1. Microsoft wins FTC fight to buy Activision Blizzard from TheVerge.com. The article, penned by Tom Warren, a senior editor at The Verge, reports on Microsoft's recent victory in a Federal Trade Commission, FTC, trial, allowing the tech giant to proceed with its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The FTC had sought a preliminary injunction to halt the deal, arguing that it could substantially lessen competition in the gaming industry. However, Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley denied the request, stating that the FTC had not demonstrated a likelihood of prevailing on its claim. She noted that Microsoft's commitments to keep Activision's popular game, Call of Duty, on PlayStation for 10 years and to extend the game to Nintendo Switch, among other agreements, 
pointed to increased consumer access to Activision content. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, described as the largest in tech history, has been under intense scrutiny. The company has made several public commitments, including keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox, bringing Call of Duty to Switch, and bringing Activision's content to several cloud gaming services for the first time. Following the ruling, Microsoft President Brad Smith expressed gratitude for the swift decision, while Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick stated that the merger would benefit consumers and workers and enable competition. FTC spokesperson Douglas Farrar expressed disappointment and indicated that the FTC was planning its next move. The ruling allows Microsoft to close its Activision Blizzard deal ahead of the July 18 deadline, contingent on negotiations with the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, CMA. The CMA had previously moved to block the acquisition, and Microsoft is currently appealing that decision. In terms of significance, this ruling is a significant win for Microsoft, allowing it to proceed with a landmark acquisition in the tech industry. It also sets a precedent for future tech mergers and acquisitions, particularly in the gaming industry. However, the FTC's disappointment suggests that regulatory scrutiny of such deals is likely to continue. 2. ChatGPT loses users for first time, shaking faith in AI revolution from WashingtonPost.com. Penned by Garrett Devink for the Washington Post, the article titled ChatGPT Users Fall for First Time, spurring questions about AI boom delves into the recent decline in the user base of OpenAI's chatbot, ChatGPT, and the implications this has for the AI industry. ChatGPT, developed by OpenAI, had been a sensation since its launch, with its user base skyrocketing to an estimated 100 million within the first two months. The chatbot's ability to engage in complex conversations, write poetry, and past professional exams had not only impressed regular users but also AI experts. However, for the first time since its launch, the number of people visiting ChatGPT's website and downloading its app fell by 10% in June, according to data from Similar Web and Sensor Tower. The decline in usage is attributed to several factors. Users have begun to encounter the chatbot making up false information, which has led to a realization that it may not be as broadly useful as initially thought. Concerns over data leaks have also led many companies to ban their employees from using ChatGPT at work. Furthermore, the high cost of running AI chatbots and concerns over looming regulation have also been cited as potential reasons for the decline. The article suggests that this decline in usage could be a sign that the hype surrounding AI chatbots is overblown and that the technology's limitations are catching up with it. This development has sparked questions about the future of the AI boom and whether the initial excitement over AI chatbots was justified. In conclusion, the decline in ChatGPT's user base serves as a reality check for the AI industry. It underscores the need for AI developers to address the limitations of their products and for regulators to understand the technology better to ensure it isn't used to harm people. It also highlights the importance of managing hype and setting realistic expectations about new technologies. 3. Dutch e-bike startup Van Moof unable to pay the bills from TechCrunch.com The article, penned by Ingrid London and Mike Butcher for TechCrunch, reports on the financial crisis faced by Amsterdam-based e-bike startup, Van Moof. Despite being backed by hundreds of millions in venture funding, the company has filed for payment deferment in Holland, a move designed to offer temporary protection from creditors and avoid bankruptcy. Van Moof has confirmed its application for a suspension of payment and the temporary shutdown of its physical stores. The Dutch court has ordered a two-month cooling-down period, during which the company's administrators and management will assess the situation and seek a solution to continue operations. The company's financial woes are attributed to a prolonged pause in sales, 
customer dissatisfaction over service issues, the departure of key executives, and struggles to raise operational funds. The court order allows Van Move to avoid forced bill payments and requires any financial moves, including fundraising, to be approved by court-appointed administrators. The order can be in place for up to 18 months, providing Van Move with time to restructure its business and seek new investment. If no viable solution is found within this period, the company will file for bankruptcy. Van Move's custom-designed bikes, which are tightly integrated with the Van Move app, have been a significant issue. The custom design makes it nearly impossible for customers to repair the bikes themselves, and if the company goes bust, the bikes lose most of their connected functionality. The company has faced backlash for its models, with 1 in 10 bikes returned after purchase last year due to robustness issues. The cost of repairs for the remaining bikes has led to financial losses for the company. In conclusion, Van Moof's financial crisis is a cautionary tale for startups about the importance of customer satisfaction, robust product design, and sound financial management. The company's future now hangs in the balance as it seeks to restructure and find new investment. Part 10. Fun. 1. The free movie from thefreemovie.buzz. The website in question, thefreemovie.buzz, is a unique project by MSCHF, a company known for its unconventional and interactive digital ventures. The main point of the site is to present a crowd-pirated recreation of the popular animated film, B-Movie, now dubbed the free movie. The website is interactive, allowing visitors to contribute to the recreation of the movie. The site displays the progress of the movie, showing the number of frames completed out of the total. At the time of analysis, 60,000 out of 65,244 frames were completed, indicating a 92% completion rate. The site also shows the number of worker bees or contributors online at any given time. The process of contributing is straightforward. Users can draw a frame, erase, undo, and preview their work. Once satisfied, they can submit their frame and move on to the next one. The site also allows users to view the original frame for reference. The frames are then compiled to create a hand-drawn, bootleg version of the B-movie. The significance of this project lies in its innovative approach to crowdsourcing and digital collaboration. It's a playful yet powerful demonstration of collective creativity and the internet's potential for collaborative art. It also subtly comments on issues of copyright and piracy in the digital age, by recreating a copyrighted work through collective effort and presenting it as a free resource. 2. Laser, a new game played on a chess board from playlaser.xyz. Playlaser.xyz is a new online gaming platform that hosts a novel game called Laser. The game, which appears to be a strategic board game, combines elements of chess with unique features. In Laser, pieces move in a variety of ways. The laser piece moves horizontally and vertically, and can shoot a laser diagonally until it hits the edge of the board or a wall piece, destroying all pieces in its path. However, it cannot capture pieces. The wall piece, like a rook in chess, stops the laser and cannot be destroyed by it. The king, knight, and pawn pieces all move as they would in a traditional game of chess, with the pawn having the added ability to move diagonally and capture pieces horizontally and vertically. The objective of the game is to either capture your opponent's king or move one of your pawns to the seven squares in the opposite corner. There are no checks or checkmates, and the game continues until one of these win conditions is met. The game can end in a draw if both kings are lasered at the same time, there's a threefold repetition, or there's insufficient material. In a departure from traditional chess, black moves first in laser. Analysis. Laser appears to be a fresh take on the classic game of chess, introducing new elements that could potentially change the dynamics of the game. The addition of the laser and wall pieces, along with the unique movement and capture abilities of the pawn, 
add layers of complexity that could make the game more challenging and engaging. The alternate win condition of moving a pawn to the opposite corner also introduces a new strategic element. This game could appeal to chess enthusiasts looking for a new challenge, as well as gamers interested in strategic board games. 3. The English Programming Language from GitHub.com The article, hosted on GitHub and associated with the user the letter F, humorously presents the English language as a programming language. The English programming language is described as a high-level, multi-paradigm, expressive, general-purpose language optimized for concurrent communications, used in various scenarios and on over 1,456 million devices. It has been developed over 14 centuries and adheres to principles such as portability, extensibility, support for modern programming paradigms, resilience, and polymorphism. The language is stable and ideal for long-term projects. The GitHub page for the English programming language includes features such as code, issues, pull requests, actions, security, and insights. The article humorously compares English punctuation marks to operators in a programming language, discusses the freeform nature of English statements, and compares the typing system of the English language to context-sensitive and duct typing in programming. The article concludes by highlighting the vibrant English community, with more than 150 distributions available. 4. Download instructions for more than 6,800 LEGO kits at the Internet Archive from OpenCulture.com. The article download instructions for more than 6,800 LEGO kits at the Internet Archive by Colin Marshall on Open Culture discusses the availability of instructions for over 6,800 LEGO sets on the Internet Archive. The sets range from children's toys to adult-oriented models. The article also includes a discussion on Metafilter about the pros and cons of building from instructions. The article provides links to related content and encourages readers to support Open Culture's educational mission. It also includes comments from readers, a call to action for readers to sign up for Open Culture's daily email newsletter, and a comprehensive list of resources available on the website. These resources include free online courses, movies, ebooks, textbooks, language lessons, and more. The website also categorizes resources by topics and includes a section titled Great Lectures featuring lectures by notable individuals. 5. Mystery-O-Matic, a daily murder mystery to solve from mysteryomatic.com. The website in focus, Mystery-O-Matic, is a unique platform that offers free daily murder mysteries for users to solve. It was developed by two individuals with a deep passion for mysteries and a commitment to providing a unique experience for fellow detectives. Unlike conventional games, the daily mysteries on this website require deductive thinking and are designed to mirror the unpredictability of real-life scenarios, making them more challenging and varied in difficulty. Each daily mystery is synthesized through random exploration, offering a refreshing twist compared to traditional deductive logic games. The creators drew inspiration from popular games like Cluedo, Squiddy's Infinite Detective, and Myrtle to shape the captivating world of Mystery-O-Matic. The website is still in beta, meaning that rules, interface, and design are subject to change. Users are encouraged to provide feedback through a provided link or on the website subreddit. The website also features a sleuth-o-meter to keep track of users' scores. The mysteries presented require both spatial and temporal deductions to solve. For instance, a clue might be, Alice said, I saw Bob when I arrived in the kitchen at 10.15. From this, users can deduce several facts about Alice and Bob's locations and actions at that time. The objective of the game is to deduce who committed the murder, when it was committed, and which weapon was used. Users are presented with a list of initial clues and then additional clues as they progress. The suspects won't lie, but they will be cautious about divulging anything excessively incriminating. Every clue viewed impacts the overall score, so strategic thinking is required. In conclusion, 
Mystery Omatic offers a unique and engaging experience for mystery lovers, combining deductive reasoning with the unpredictability of real life scenarios. As for its significance, Mystery Omatic is a testament to the potential of online platforms in providing unique and engaging experiences. It showcases how traditional forms of entertainment, like mystery games, can be innovatively adapted for the digital age. It also highlights the importance of user feedback in the development process, as the creators actively seek input to improve the platform. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to HackerCast.